1: real talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday, June 7th episode of Let's Face It. We're your host, Alicia Brown.
2: And Will Strayhorn.
1: All right, all right. Well, <laughs> <Yes>. as usual, <laughs> how yeah. was your weekend, Will?
2: My weekend, oh boy, I had... I had a nice weekend. I had a nice weekend. Um, I worked pretty much every day this weekend. I even worked today, which is I'm um, usually off today. But um, I've had an interesting weekend, one that I will remember for a while. But you know, all is good. God is good. And, Hallelujah. Um, how was yours? How was yours?
1: Weekend was just amazing and was really confirming. Um, I had the pleasure yesterday to attend a women's luncheon for one of my vision mentors. Um, And, you know, it was just awesome. You know, I love the opportunity when women are able to come together and and just share Mm -hmm. and see their lives transformed. But the biggest takeaway, I think, from that luncheon was the words of confirmation. Um, Mm. So many things just touched my heart that was just so wonderful and confirming about the vision of the show and what we, we 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 are equipped to do. We love what we do, so that's why you know, we're always working, but you know, just what we're called to do, we're called to do this, we're equipped to do this and then despite the challenges, we are ready for what the future has in store.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and we talk that, about that all the time. time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> It's funny how you know sometimes I'll, I'll say Alicia, we should look into this. He's like, you know what? I was just thinking about that. How exactly. much in sync we are, especially with the vision and the future of the show. So I am blessed to have you as a part of the show. Um, our Aww. other co-host Janae K. She will be back with well, us. She has not gone. Danielle will be back periodically. Um But yes. um, we're still a family. But right now we're holding it down. So what's yes. the show about today? Oh, the show! The
1: show is awesome. The show is awesome. And and the funny thing, the show is probably for me. (laughs) I'll share a little secret with the listeners. I don't know Uh, why, and I think in the past few weeks it's it's just gotten worse. I have what they would call stage fright. So it's like that half an hour before the show, I'm mm -hmm. just spazzing for no reason. I'm just so anxious. For no reason. Like you just asked me, you're like, what's wrong? You asked me what was wrong. I'm like, I don't know. But it's just like I'm I'm feeling anxious. So our expert (laughs) is going to help us do that. Um, The show tonight is on letting nothing hold you back, conquering anxiety and defeating your (laughs) enemies. And our expert guest is going to tell us how we can overcome anxiety, exhaustion and pain, which were things I didn't realize were connected to that, Um, how to Mm -hmm. take your negative to positives, Eliminate sleepless nights, which is another one of my problems. Um, really? Let go of drama. Yes. You know, that's why I can come up with all these visions and ideas, because I have a problem sleeping. Oh, <laughs> so, 2 like o'clock okay. in the morning, you okay. have the best ideas in the world um, when normal oh. people are sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she's really going to let us know, too, how we can let go of drama and struggle and then how to live life free of fear. And if we're fortunate, she will help me with my anxiety issues right before the show. So yeah. <laughs> that be a very interesting. So you have shows.
2: anxiety before the show. I used to have yes. um, anxiety issues before the show. But right now, you know, it's, it's easy breezy right now. My biggest problem is in social situations where it's a large crowd.
0: So mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk to
2: her about the anxiety when I get around people. I can do really well. Like today, I had, the, um, I was at a bridal event for domestic violence victims. <laughs> And um, yes. people came around the table, and I was doing makeovers, and they were asking questions. And I was really, you know, I was bubbly. I was really um,
1: as usual, was really
2: energetic. And I was comfortable. I was really comfortable. It was like maybe six of us. But you get me in a room of 60 people, and I get lost. And I, I, I tend to hover to a corner. So I need to come <laughs> out of that if this is what I want to do. So hopefully our, I can't do our guest, but laugh. Peggy. <laughs> yeah.
1: I can't do anything yeah. but laugh because that's my same problem as you well know.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So hopefully we'll both walk out of here better equipped to do what we are called to do. But there were a lot of things in the news this week. I was watching on Facebook, on TV. A lot of things have been in the news. Tell us about what we're going to talk about today.
1: You know, this to me was probably one of the most absurd things I read this week. But there was a school kitchen manager that was fired for giving lunches to students without money. Um, This occurred in Colorado. Real brief. Um, She managed the kitchen at Dakota Valley Elementary School near Aurora, according to the CBS reports. Um, The school district said she violated their policy when she gave lunches to children who didn't qualify for free or reduced meals, and they fired her. Now, the district said they would never let a child go hungry, but one of the things that this lady said was, For children whose parents make too much money to qualify for either a reduced or free lunch, they're offered a slice of cheese on a hamburger bun and milk. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine, I mean, most of us remember when we were in school, um, Mm sometimes the school lunches themselves, a full school lunch was not enough, you're still hungry. But can you imagine Mm -hmm. a hungry child, this may have been their only meal today if they didn't qualify for, you know, free lunch or reduced lunch. And all you offer them is a slice of cheese on a bun and some milk.
0: Yeah.
1: And in that mm. place, they were saying that um, a family of four needs to make about 31000 or less for its children to be eligible for free lunches, and below 45000 for reduced lunches. And an elementary Ridiculous. school lunch in that district is $2.80 a day. Mm. So... Can you? I mean, what 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 do you do? What, what are your thoughts about that? Will
2: um, I heard it. I read about it. Um, it's two issues I want to address. Number one, the, the school system has come forth saying that she wasn't fired because of that reason. That there were other circumstances, and um, yeah. she had, I guess, been reprimanded for other issues. That's why she was released. But the moral issue about it is that there are a lot of loopholes in our system, and it is, mm-hmm. it is impossible for a family of four people um, huh. to survive on $31,000. Now, given that the lunch is $2.80 a day, they have, I don't know how many kids they have, but let's say, um, I don't know, this, is this a family of four or, okay, not it's, four it's, kids, it's, but so maybe it's, it's probably two kids, man. Um, two kids five days a week three. times, yeah, four days a week. It, it's impossible huh. for them to pay that. So, I mean, I, I commend her on what she did, given me being in the same, situation, I would have done the exact same thing because there are a lot of loopholes in the system. Um, Like I was saying, um, on one of the shows last week, um, I have friends and relatives who are like caught in those loopholes where they make too much to get this or too little to get that, and they're the ones that are left out. Um, So this is just another situation where someone stepped up. Unfortunately, she did lose her job. Um, They said it wasn't for this reason. It wasn't for this reason, but I I commend her on what she did for the the moral aspect of it. Absolutely. How do you feel about it?
1: Well, you know, my thing is, too, people always assume that there's other programs to help people in that situation. But like you Mm -hmm. said, there's always those people that are caught in between. You know, you you make just enough not to qualify, but you don't really Mm -hmm. make enough to care for your family. And we can't, you know, go through the rhetoric of, well, why didn't you make better choices? You shouldn't have had children you can't afford. Life happens. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not that cut and dry. And I like what she said was, I'm sorry, but if a child is standing in front of me crying and telling me they're hungry, I'm going to give them something to eat. Um, So it's definitely a problem in America. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you look at some place like Food Bank that has programs Mm -hmm. for children. They're flooded. Mm -hmm. You know, they're constantly trying to do drives for donations. But, you know, people, organizations, they're tapped out. So what do you mm-hmm. do? I can't say if I was in her position, I wouldn't have done the same thing. It's just really, just, really good partner.
2: I would be interested to know what some of our listeners think. If you go to our Facebook page, which is Let's Face It Radio, or on let'sfaceitradio.com, there's a space for you to give some feedback to our topics and to our show. Um, I love to be able to hear what some of you guys feel about. If you, if in that situation, would you do the same thing? But mm. there's another story in the news, and this really, this next story kind of touches my heart because I was in the same situation a couple weeks ago. You were in there when I when I graduated um, from college, and I would have been one of these people because um, let's see, where was this in <laughs> Senna, Senatobia, Mississippi, Senatobia mm-hmm. High School? Um, a group of people basically received arrest warrants. Um, for their arrest and possible fine because they were cheering during mm-hmm. graduation. Um, <laughs> just to sum it up pretty much, I guess it was the school, the school superintendent or the principal who basically let people know in advance that they were not supposed to make any noise while the names were being called. And they didn't say that, you know, you couldn't cheer, but they wanted to make sure that everyone, everyone's name was called and then you cheer at the end, which I can understand. Because yeah. um, at my graduation, I purchased one of those horns, you know, the loud horn? So something just kept telling me not to let them do it. I kept texting them saying, "Don't do it, Real. don't do it because I heard Real. they read those names pretty rapidly, and my <laughs> horn could have overshadowed somebody somebody's proud what? moment, so I was really glad, and I can understand this. I don't know about this. I think they were they said they could get maybe five hundred dollars fine or six months in jail. I think that's Pretty yeah. steep for that crime. But I definitely do believe in um some type of reprimand because it was stated, the reason was really valid, and I like I said, being in that situation I definitely understand that a lot of noise and with them speak calling the name so rapidly, you will miss that next person's name and then that family will miss out on their moment. So I can understand hmm. and holding all the applause to the to the end. What do you think?
1: That sounds so nice, Will. I'm gonna disagree. Oh, <laughs> okay, because okay. first okay. of all, one of them that you, I, I, I understand. I, I agree with you. I, I totally respected your graduation, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, when when <laughs> they said <still laughs> hold the applause to the end.
0: Uh,
1: oh, okay. Well, let me not go with that part. Let me just say this part. Um, mm-hmm. One person, she says all she said was she yelled out uh, her niece's name when she went across the stage. And we know most of us would have done that. Then someone else yeah. said, you did it, baby. Okay. Most mm. of us would have done that. You know, if that's all you did, we weren't there. But if that's all you did, I don't think that's worthy. of the, the penalty is here. However, attending your graduation, as wonderful as it was, there are some people that really, really irritated me. <laughs> and I'm just like, really? you're yelling, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you're yelling, you're screaming, and it's not like that quick whatever you're still yelling. Like, I mean, they were just yelling the person's name. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Did it... You know what? The rest of us might want to hear our graduates, too. And then I remember there was one moment where people were trying to get closer to take a picture, which mm-hmm. I, I, I can't say that's wrong. But when you're standing there for like a good five minutes and you're blocking everyone else who might simply want to stand up and take a picture or see their graduate walk across the stage – it it does get right. to a point where it's a little bit too much. So, I mean, everything in decency and order, but at the same time, when it was your time to walk across the stage, they were not going to tell me that I wasn't going to go down the steps and get that picture. <laughs> so I got the pictures. But, you know.
2: So, so you I, think I agree, the $500 or six months in jail is good for that You line? know
1: what? I, I wish they would have tried it. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to get my uh. picture. And I'm going to scream, go, yeah. Will, and you know what? You're not going to <laughs> find me, no six months in jail, $500. But I understand oh, they wanted to make a point, but I think that's just a little bit too excessive. And then, you know, what I wonder, yeah. you have like a couple people that you may appoint out of, but I'm pretty sure those were not the worst people there. So how do you draw the yeah. line between we target these four people, but, you know, maybe these other 25 or 50 people, we're not doing anything to. That's unfair.
2: Exactly. That's true. Really, That's true. understood.
1: Okay, <laughs> you took me back. I'm gonna get so to what's you.
2: Next?
1: Yeah, oh well, you know, let's save this one for last. I don't even have to give you the summary of the story, yeah, because yeah. everyone already knows about it, and you know, I feel some kind mm-hmm. of way. But the Bruce Jenner um, transformation to Caitlin Jenner, and I think everybody, yeah. unless you've been under a rock. Have seen that vanity fair cover with the mm-hmm. caption call me caitlyn yeah. you know i just I, I i just i don't understand society american society today um mm-hmm. i do fully understand why he would have excuse me why she would have that caption on the cover call me caitlyn
0: mm-hmm. because
1: like mm-hmm. any other time in history this has happened people you, you saw i just slipped up there, and I'm normally trying to be very respectful, they still want to go by who you were. So, you know, there's Mm -hmm. times I think his mother was interviewed and she said the same thing. It's going to be hard to not say him or not call her Bruce and adjust to calling him Caitlin. You know, you're used to Mm -hmm. this person in this image. But at the same time, I think, you know, there are a lot of people online that cheered and said, you know, you go, you're you're brave, you deserve a bravery reward, award. And then there were other people that they were just so nasty, I mean, mm-hmm. so derogatory, so mean-spirited. And, you know, it's something we see over and over again in the media. And I'm always mm-hmm. taken aback by how you don't see this person as a human being, but you just see mm-hmm. something that you want to make fun of you see something that you want to make an example out of. And I, I think people, you know, it it's it's so funny when everybody can get together and make a joke and you have people that support you and laugh. But but you completely ignore this person's struggle and this ask it doesn't matter how how you personally feel or if you're for or against whatever. But the fact that this took a step of courage and this is something that this person felt was right for them. And I don't see, you know, it's like people do with children. You're like a bully. I don't see why this is okay. Feel how you want to feel, but don't outwardly take the pose to just be so mean-spirited and hurtful. I don't know, Will. What were your thoughts on that?
2: My thoughts on this entire situation was, well, I had two different thoughts. Looking at because I was looking on Facebook, I was looking on um, Inside Edition. Everybody talking about it, different opinions um, from mm-hmm. the pretty much from the LGBT community. It was really inspirational for a lot of people. Um, yes, I want to yes. remind you, Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner was not the very first um, person to go public. Um, exactly. A lot of people were ridiculing why this person is getting so much attention. Um, that's beside the point, but the cur- but the courage that it took for him to come out, for her to come out, come forward, was remarkable. And I admire her for that reason. I've never had that courage. Still working on that courage to totally live authentic. Um, And I just think the people that were being really negative towards her, I was told a long time ago that people shun or they condemn things that they do not understand. That's happened throughout the church a lot of times when it comes to homosexuality, when it comes to even female preachers, all the way down to slavery. Things they don't understand, they just condemn it. It's against God. It's this, is this, is that. People don't take the time out to understand, like you said, the struggle, what they went through. Um, just what brought her to this point, because, you know, she's a basically a Kardashian, one of the, the uh-huh. world's most well-known families. For her to have the courage to say, okay, I want to live my life and to come forward took a lot of guts. And I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision. But um, on one not. hand, I'm really surprised at the, um, the support that she's getting, but then we still have a long way to go. But you know what? It can't please everybody. and, and really boils this down so that. You have to that. Learn how to tune the naysayers out, and now the ESPYs are, are saying, well, not the ESPYs, but people want the ESPYs to take back the award um, because it's not Bruce Jenner. She's Caitlyn now. That's ridiculous. Um, I didn't hear
1: that one, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, the SVs have okay. been, uh, I think they've denied that they're they're not going to do that. They say they're not going to do it. But people have been okay. pushing and um, petitioning for them not to give her their award, hmm. which is ridiculous. I mean, regardless whether she gets the award or not, she's worth $150 million. She could care less. Hello. But, you know, you know, I'm good with net worth. But, so, hey. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I didn't know that party, the $150 million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Call yes, me whatever. Yes, exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> wow. I know that's right. But. We have an interesting show, as you talked about earlier. Um, When we come back from this break, we're going to hear from our guest. She's going to be with us, um, Miss Peggy Silfun, right? Did I say that right, Silfun?
1: She'll let us know shortly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Well, stay tuned. You are listening to Let's Face It, and I'm sitting here with my wonderful host, Alicia. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. Cedric the Entertainer here with Nisi Nash, taking a break from shooting The Soul Man to introduce you to Patience. Hi. Patience is a patient at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital.
1: Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for anything because all a family should worry about is helping their child live.
2: St. Jude won't give up until they end childhood cancer, sickle cell, and other deadly diseases.
0: Because of you, there is St. Jude.
2: Learn more at stjude.org. What's up? This is Jaheem, and I'm down with LifeBeat, and I just want to let all y'all know, man, y'all need to go out there and get tested to prevent the spread of HIV AIDS. Remember, it's not a game, it's life. What's up? This is Alicia Keys for LifeBeat, the music
1: industry fights AIDS. Every hour of the day, two young people are infected with HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. Don't be one of them, for real. Protect yourself, all right? If you choose to have sex, you know, use a condom, all right? If you need to get tested, call your local AIDS service agency. For more information, call 1-800-342-AITS or log on to www.lifebeat.org.
0: You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event,
1: or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships Welcome back to Let's Face It, and tonight's episode is entitled, Let Nothing Hold You Back, Conquering Anxiety and Defeating Your Enemies. Now, our guest expert is a personal development coach, wellness specialist, speaker, author, and former journalist from New York City. She spends her time helping people overcome life's big and small frustrations and challenges, her book, Escape from Anxiety Supercharge Your Life with Powerful Strategies from A to Z, will be available June the 11th at Amazon. So let's welcome to the show Peggy Hey, thank, thank you, Hi. Alicia. Hi, will. Thank you. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Well, we're glad to Thanks have for you. Coming. How are you doing this evening?
2: Exactly.
3: Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I've been listening to both of you, it's been fascinating. All right. Enjoy show. How was your weekend?
2: How was your? Oh, how was your weekend, Peggy?
3: Absol- absolutely fabulous. It's been really a, just a superb weekend. Lots of activities with lots of friends, and uh, I actually just came from an Ayurvedic cooking class. <laughs>
0: oh wow! Is that a
3: mouthful? <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I I smell like lots of cumin spices and coriander and oh. mm. very oh. interesting things.
1: Now, that just makes me hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A little different. (laughs) Well, Peggy, as you heard, one of us who shall remain nameless has a little bit of stage fright before every show. Now, quick explanation it used to be fear of the unknown and getting used to, you know, this new avenue, and now all of a sudden, not fearing anything, no anxiety over any particular thing, but just freaking out right before showtime. So on that sweet note, can you define what anxiety is and share the difference between everyday normal anxiety versus when you really have a clinical problem? Absolutely.
3: You know, it's so interesting because you mentioned that I was a journalist in New York, and I had the great honor of interviewing James Earl Jones before he went on stage for a theater performance. Mm. And he confessed how anxious he was before the performance. And really what it boils down to is when you're a performer and you're about to go on air, there's Mm -hmm. a rush of adrenaline. You have the stress response happen, and it's that fight or flight. And it's interesting because the number one fear um, across the board, according to the American Institute of Stress, is fear of public speaking. So people are Mm. very nervous before they get up in. Speak. Well, it's a very normal thing and here's the thing that is really wonderful about it actually because it releases all these hormones that make you really alert. It actually makes okay. you sharper and so okay. for that short burst, it's actually very positive. Here's the downside. If you have it uh-huh. all the time, if you're constantly feeling that level of anxiety and you're constantly having those bursts of hormones, the cortisol, the adrenaline, that's very depleting and what happens is people start getting paralyzed to actually do everyday tasks you know some mm. people just have natural anxiety from just our humanness you know our vulnerability mm-hmm. like you know you could be nervous just paying your bills right <laughs> or mm. driving, driving in traffic <laughs> right right but here's okay. the thing if If you have really irrational fears, exaggerated worries, or you really Mm -hmm. dread doing things to the point where you can't do them, you're not getting out of bed in the morning, you're Mm -hmm. feeling hopeless, those are serious. Now you've got something that really needs to be addressed more clinically. And, you know, here's something that I think is really important to address is the fact that, you know, at that level it is considered a mental illness. And, uh-oh, you know, oh, wow. we have this stigma about mental illnesses, right? You hear the word, right? right? Mm-hmm. What's your reaction?
2: Wow, yeah.
1: That's
3: kind of right? scary. <laughs> so, so, right. Yeah. But now, you know, and here's the thing. When you hear that someone has cancer, what's your reaction?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You, okay? You know, you yeah, feel you, compassion. You, 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 want you to feel compassion. You feel compassion. You
2: feel sorry for them. You feel,
3: yeah. Right. Right. So, mental illness is like a mental cancer or diabetes of the brain and it's very treatable and there's things you can do about it. And I love the idea that you, you know, talked about at the beginning of the show, just the idea of really breaking through and facing facing your fears and really being able to transcend because that's a lot of what I empower people to do through these different techniques that they can learn. And so there are definite opportunities for relief. But Seriously, Alicia, what you're experiencing is very normal for the kind of work that you're in and what you're doing. So Thank before a show,
1: just take some nice little deep breaths
3: and go okay. on in the air.
1: And break leg, <laughs>
3: as they say. <laughs>
1: now, let me just confirm one thing, because <laughs> I'm feeling better right now. But, you know, for someone that, like, every time, you know, you're going to go perform, like every time you do public speaking – or every time you're on the radio and you continue to have, you know, this same level of anxiety, is that normal? Like every time?
3: Actually, um, pretty much when you're performing because, again, you want that higher activation of just, you know, mental clarity and all of that. So you really actually want to use that to your advantage. And performers get that before they perform. It's just not an unusual thing. The point is you don't want to carry it past the on-air time.
1: So if afterwards right.
3: you're still feeling that, then it's a problem.
1: Oh, no, I'm good after that. <laughs> 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 Once we hit showtime and the mic comes on, I don't care if it's on the stage or on the radio. I'm good. It's just getting up to that point. <laughs> yeah. But other so you know like, so look at it differently.
3: Like, you know, mm-hmm. use it use it to your advantage. Then uh, you change uh-huh. your attitude about it. Instead of worrying about, oh my gosh, why am I feeling this anxiety? Just go, hey, this is my performance anxiety, and I'm going to have okay. a great show.
1: I have been redeemed. Thank you, Lord.
2: You know, and what are some you, of the other types? of both. Well, okay. well, I had to I had a statement as a comment because you know, just listening to what you were saying, it took me back to when I was taking Toastmasters and I was taking public speaking classes. Um, what really helps me now is I I had to get in my mind that usually people really genuinely want to see you do well. So if they tune in to you if they come to see you perform, they don't want to see you bomb. So if you get in your mind that these people are not here to judge me or whatever, um, to me it helps relieve some of my fear, especially when I go do the hosting or whatever. People really want to be entertained. They want to see me do well. They don't want to see me get, get stage fright or anything like that. So that kind of helps alleviate some of my fears. I don't know
1: if it's like, and you're you know, just telling shit. me
2: this oh, now. I'm that around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you're just it, telling
1: me that Peggy now. Said,
2: <laughs> Peggy said something that kind of it kind of brought it to my remembrance. Oh, oh my
3: God! <laughs> God. And I Alicia will is holding out on you. You know that? Yes. Yeah. I don't know, Will. <laughs> but oh, he No, he's just saying this now. <laughs> but you know that that's part of performance too you know when people do get up to speak if you really visualize that you're speaking to a close friend or a good, just be Mm -hmm. conversational be relaxed be natural be passionate be who you are and when you're authentic you can't go wrong when you really speak from the heart it guides you and the audience recognizes it and they feel it and they're with you and even if you um say something incorrect or you trip or you do something silly, it doesn't matter because they're with you because you're authentic. Okay. Hmm.
2: Okay. What what are some of the different types of anxiety?
3: There are many, many different types. And probably some of the most common are the panic attacks, general anxiety disorder, bipolar, obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD. And I actually work with a lot of clients with post-traumatic stress disorder, the PTSD
0: And
3: and it's interesting because, you know, we think of PTSD oftentimes, uh, you know, veterans, and yes, many of them, of course, do suffer from PTSD. But I work with a lot of just, you know, everyday people who've had major traumas. I have a woman that I've been working with who um, in childhood has had some very tragic experiences that have really caused her to have a lot of difficulties in facing just everyday situations. So there's hope, and that's the big message, is that there's a lot of um, resolutions for it. And so I'm really grateful to have opportunities to share it, because I think a lot of people suffer in silence, and
0: mm-hmm. there is exactly. no need
3: for that. There there are ways to transcend it and to really be able to have a full, uh, healthy life.
0: You, you kind
2: of hit on my next question. You were saying that, like, um, childhood experiences, traumatic incidents have um, helped trigger that. What are some other root causes of anxiety that you run across?
3: Um, I find that a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress really comes from pre-programming. It comes from belief systems that we've developed, and we've developed it over our lifetimes, and it's. It in childhood, you know, a parent might be really annoyed one day and say to a child, you know, you'll never amount to anything. And even Mm. though that child Mm. as an adult becomes a huge success, inside that adult doesn't feel like a success. They still feel like they're never going to amount to anything. And they're not consciously in touch with that. That's why it's really Mm. important that as parents we make sure that we speak, you know, very carefully and express ourselves to our children in ways that are encouraging and supportive and positive because these get planted. But in addition to that, uh, what really fuels anxiety is as we reach adulthood, uh, work situations, friends, um, mm. just experiences that we have. And then the big one is culture. You know, we are such mm. an over barraged culture of, you know, posted, tweeted, tuned in, uh, Instagram, you know, we've got uh, news 24-7. And right. it's such a barrage of information. And let's face it, most of the news programs are looking for ratings. So they want right. to uh, entice people by activating their fears. And so they're delivering, you know, mostly bad news. And that mm-hmm. creates a lot of anxiety. In fact, a lot of my clients who, you know, I've been working with, I really advise them, stay away from news. You know, that we, you, you find yeah. out anything that's really
1: important. Right. Wow. <laughs> And uh, that that that's a good point, though, because for someone that does suffer from anxiety, certainly the news would make you anxious. Well, mm-hmm. not only
3: that, you know, there um people who suffer from serious forms of anxiety are already having sort of unreal perceptions of their reality, and now you're feeding them all of this negativity. And here's yeah. the takeaway, you know. Um, We can only really impact ourselves. You know, if you're stuck in traffic, for instance, you can't change those external circumstances. And the news Mm -hmm. happens, the tragedies happen all over the world all the time. It's part of our lives. It's part of what happens. It's part of the balance. And there's nothing we can do about many of these things. If there are things we can do, let's do them, and many of us do. I'm very involved in Rotary, for instance, and we do a lot there to really make a difference in the world. But the bottom line is, the only thing you can really affect, and so your reactions to these situations is what's really important to consider and to look at. And you know, if you get into anger fits when you're stuck in
1: traffic, who is that harming?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> we're we're going to just fast forward right past that one. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about my rage at times. Um.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but you know what? That's the thing. We we all have it. This is, again, part of our humanness. You know, we all have these moments of reactive behaviors. So here's the next step is being aware of it. And once you're aware of it, now you can begin to change it, and that's the key. So it's taking little steps and laying the groundwork to create change for yourself that keeps you healthier, keeps you more energized. Because I I just had a client, in fact, who I've been working with. He's been doing so phenomenal. And he is one of these people who goes into a rage at almost any kind of trigger. And he has been so calm and peaceful for the last few weeks with all of the techniques we've been working on. He's really been assimilating them. I've been so proud of him. And he walked into um, his car dealership because he's been having trouble with his car, and he bought a slightly used car. And um, it turned out that he needs a whole new transmission, and it's going to cost him $6,000. Now, in the past, he would have been taken away by the police, right? But he Mm -hmm. transcended it. He didn't have that reaction, and he was shocked for himself that he was calm. And they actually found a resolution now, another solution that was not going to cost that much. And had he blown up and exploded, they probably would not have taken the time to really look for the solution, they would have just tried to push them out the door. So it's exactly. incredible how it changes how you
1: move through challenges of life, which we all have them. That's so true. Hmm. Now, yeah. Peggy, you also mentioned social anxiety disorder. Um, yeah. Could you explain what the major symptoms of that that um, is? I mean, is that the same thing as like stage fright or is it a lot bigger than that?
3: It's really bigger than that. It's really fears of being in crowds. Uh, It's a little bit of what Will was talking about earlier, how Will you Uh were talking about, you know, really kind of being uncomfortable going to those gatherings of 50 people or more. And it really boils down to a fear of judgment, um, not Mm -hmm. being secure enough in what you have to say. And it was interesting because you already noticed that, you were in your zone and you had a lot to talk about when they came over and asked about specific things, you were right there. Right. It felt good, you were able to deliver and that's the difference. Right. So when you're you're comfortable,
1: it's not a problem. Now, how hmm. do you distinguish that between, because apparently this is my issue too. Um <laughs> distinguish this between maybe I'm just a person that's comfortable with more of that one oh one conversation, and, and I feel, I know for me, my my big thing is personal space. So, like, if you take me to a major city that's just filled with um, people, just full of crowds and everything is fast, 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 that's so not my area. That That's not where I'm comfortable. So if we have a small, let's say, a, a, a meeting or um, a networking event, for example, if you give uh-huh. me 20 people, I'm good with that. You give me a good 30, 40, 50. Now, on the other hand, if you tell me to speak in front of thousands, once you give me the microphone, I'm good. I will talk, speak, teach, preach, whatever you want me to do. But when we're in an environment where you start to network and you come up to me, I am so comfortable with maybe 20 people. Or even comfortable in a stance where it's like if you have a table and someone's coming up to you, you know, and there's like that barrier between us. I feel comfortable. But if it's like right. I have to be face to face, one on one contact, I'm very uncomfortable. What what what's going on there? <laughs> well,
3: again, it it comes down to uh probably some preconditioning that you've had in in situations that you're, you know, long past, but it it's mm-hmm. triggered in the present. And so you're responding to the present um, in in a sense, inappropriately, but it's because of things that you've experienced. So to transcend through that, um, it's really a matter of developing skills to stay in a place of calmness. So if you're calm and relaxed, you're much more able to access all of the skills that you need to interact with people. And, again, it goes back to the fears of judgment and, you know, not uh, – feeling secure enough in what that interaction might be, or the unknown, you're not sure where it's going to go or what's going to happen. And, um, you know, doing things like Will did with Toastmasters is really good training. Of course, doing the show is extraordinary training because you never know what a guest is going to say or how they might respond to something. (laughs) So you're, you're developing really fabulous skills and in time, that's going to serve you to really transcend through that. And the other thing is just, again, simple deep breathing can help you just relax your mind and body enough so that you can be in those experiences without feeling that panic or fear. Okay. Does that
2: make sense to you? Hmm. Yes. Yes, it does. All it does. Right. <laughs> so, Peggy, is is social anxiety disorder the same as being shy?
3: Well, it's interesting. I think some people who suffer from social anxiety are viewed as being shy because they're so withdrawn. But yes. shyness right. is not necessarily social anxiety. I mean, sometimes they do go hand in hand, but not necessarily. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't put everyone into that
2: category. Um. Okay. And uh, and other than the reason, other than the things that you said, you said like toast. Toastmasters, doing different events, um, especially breathing. That's what I'm, I'm trying to yes. actually enroll next yes. semester in um, a class for voice and and public speaking, and they're going to teach us breathing, because I know that plays a lot in how you deliver. So what are some yes. other ways that you can treat the social anxiety disorder?
3: Well, a lot of times it's a matter of really getting to the source of the problem kind of energetically. And I do a program called Integrative Relaxation, which It takes into very deep levels of consciousness that really relax body and mind. So a lot of what I teach in all of my coaching and all of my programs is really helping people to get that mind-body integration because what happens so often Mm. is we disintegrate, you know. We are so in our minds. We are so analytical. Everything, you know, the monkey mind, the mental chatter is constant and that separates us from our whole selves. So when you get back to that place of that mind-body integration, you get into a better flow, and it allows you to really be more of who you are, and again, come back to that authenticity, and it really flows through you more effortlessly, and that's kind of what we all want to get to, is a place where, you know, life isn't a struggle, we don't have to work so hard, you know, we can be a little bit easier about how we approach things, and even challenges can be approached much more easily when you are in that place of integration. So there's some different things that you can do. Now, people who suffer from serious uh, SAD do oftentimes need cognitive behavioral therapy or medication. I mean, they might need to seek, um, you know, a higher level of professional help. Personally, I like to use a lot of alternatives uh, to really help people develop more of themselves, more of really who they are and be able to get more into that place of beingness rather than thinking and doing and panicking and cheering, uh relaxing with what is. And that takes a little bit right. of practice. Uh, there's a number of different techniques uh, to help people get to that point. I don't think we have enough time in the time that we have to share them with you, but I would love to. In fact, I have one simple technique for just de-stressing, listeners can go to stressbusteronline.com and they can get um, a little three minutes to de-stress and it'll give them a little taste of some of these kind of guided um, moments of relaxation, of really just helping to refocus the mind and switch the mind from fear and panic into a place of
1: ease. Okay. I think we all need to go visit that website.
0: Yes, we do.
1: It's like, I want to go do that right now. Just put the show on pause, Mm -hmm. but I won't do that. (laughs) Now, hmm? you know, some of the, you mentioned earlier that some of the most successful people, um, as well as celebrities, will suffer from anxiety. But, you know, you would never know that based on their performance, which brings me to the question of does a certain level of success or achievement bring with it its own level of anxiety? And if so, what are some of the things um, that you can do to prevent that from getting out of control?
3: Well, I think it only brings uh, its own level of anxiety if you allow it.
1: And, again, I think if
3: you come back to that place of integration, of mind and body, of awareness, of breathing, of uh, being calm, of being in a place of peace, and, again, there are many different ways of achieving that, it allows you to avoid having anxiety get out of control and again some of the anxiety that performers feel is a natural evolution of performing but again if it goes beyond just their performance and it you know seeps into their lives then it is a problem and and they probably need to address it and again there can be many different ways of addressing it um i even use uh, sound therapy which is really wonderful or it's almost like a sound bath that allows your body to just um uh sort of on a cellular level it moves the body back into alignment so that you know the body wants to heal itself the body wants to keep improving biologically we're built amazingly for that purpose but we interrupt it with all of these negative thoughts and fears and um, Mm -hmm. different experiences that we bring into mind-body and it interrupts the natural flow. So if we go back to the natural flow, you know, it's like a river, you know, and and allowing Mm. the current to take you. Rather than trying to struggle and swim against that current and, and being exhausted, if you just allow yourself to be more relaxed with the fact that the current is taking you, and then move around the boulders, you know, as you can, maneuver around them, life becomes uh-huh. a little bit easier, and you can actually accomplish a lot more.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I know that you, you left a successful advertising agency to help others. So I want to know, what inspired you to write your soon-to-be-released book, Escape from Anxiety, Supercharge Your Life with Powerful Strategies, from A to Z. What inspired you to write that?
3: I am so excited that it's coming out this Thursday, Gay. Yes, Um, yes, 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 yes. I'm really excited because part of it is there are so many different um, modalities and opportunities for people to relieve anxiety, to relieve stress, and every person resonates a little differently. Different techniques work a little differently on different people. And so what I found with all of my clients is that Um, I needed to be able to pull all these different tools out of my toolbox depending on where they were so that I could really Mm. help them. And so the book is a real compendium of over 100 different techniques that um, are really transformational. And um, and part of it, I wrote it for my clients and to reach beyond to really help people so people don't have to suffer, so they have quick solutions. Um, And part of the book actually provides long-term solutions as well so you can have like a quick fix or you can spend more time and really commit to it and and go deeper but i also did it because as you mentioned I, you know i've been through it um my whole life i've been up and down and thinking well i guess this is just my cycle I, you know i've had these incredible moments of brilliance I thought you know and great productivity Mm -hmm. and then I'd crash and burn I'd get sick or something would happen and I'd be flat on my back and I kept going through these ups and downs and then I -hmm. discovered that there's that place in the middle you know before you go up before you go down there's that amazing place in the middle where you almost feel suspended and what these Mm -hmm. techniques that Um, I've offered you actually expand that middle point so that you can live in that place. You can be so productive. You can do so much more. You can actually expand time because you're not using your energy in such depleting, fragmenting ways. You're actually harnessing your energy so much more efficiently. And so you get so much more done. And it feels like, you know, you can just take time and be able to really expand everything in your life. And when you do that, everything begins to improve. Relationships improve and work improves. You, you you connect more to your personal purpose. Everything changes. And so when I kind of discovered that for myself and found this amazing place, um, I really switched out of my ad agency and said, you know what? There's enough ad agencies, but more people need to know these solutions because we're living in a very chaotic world, and people yeah, need right. to know that there's there's a different way to approach life, and there's so much more we can do, and we can really be empowered. That's awesome. So that's – thank you. That's kind of become my mission, and, and I'm loving doing it. I really – I enjoy seeing transformation in people and – really being able to change their lives in ways that, you know, it benefits all of us. Yeah, if I help you, you're helping me because we're all in this together. So I see
1: us Mm -hmm. all as resources for one another. Exactly. That that's such a good point. Because you know, oftentimes you do have people when they start their vision, when they start what they feel they're called to do, there is that Mm -hmm. moment where you're working for an employer and then you're trying to build your brand and proceed with that vision. And then there's going to come a point where, you know, there's that question, do you take that risk and walk away because you feel called to serve people and leave what seems to be secure? And that brings with it its own level of anxiety. So that's just awesome you shared that experience um, for people that are going through that right now. But, you know, another thing, your book, just for the preview, because, I can't wait to Thursday because I need the book. Um, (laughs) I I can hear all of this stuff, and I'm just going, I I need that chapter. I need that chapter. So I'm really excited about Thursday. But your book discusses how anxiety and physical pain are linked, and that's something that a lot of people that don't experience it to that level would not automatically assume. Um, Can you explain what is the connection between the two? There is a huge connection.
3: Part of what happens when we're stressed, when we have that anxiety, when we have that release of all the cortisol and adrenaline and all of that, when we're in that fight-or-flight mode, all the energies go to our limbs so that we can either fight against that ferocious tiger, which is in our mind, or, you know, run away. And what happens is the energies get piped away from some of our um, non-essential functions at that moment. And those non-essential functions Uh, functions might be digestion our immune system and so it causes illness it causes imbalances people get sick and you know a headache isn't just a headache a headache is a sign and a symptom from your body saying wait a minute something's out of balance pay attention and most people You know, again, in the lives we live, we're so busy, we're so multitasking, and we don't take time to pay attention to what our body's signaling us. And it's really important that we begin to tune into that. So what happens is we get pain, we get sick, and as that happens, that actually fuels anxiety for a lot of people. One of my clients, in fact, as soon as she, you know, has a headache, she gets depressed because she thinks, oh, my gosh, you know, as she starts getting these panic attacks about being ill. And so it feeds one another. But you can interrupt that. And it's amazing um, some of the breakthroughs now in brain plasticity and the neurosciences really talk about how – I'll just give you one quick little thing. Um, If you – you know, have a chronic pain, let's say, in your hip. If as you're feeling that pain, you can actually change your thought process to think about and visualize something that you love, something beautiful. Maybe you're, you know, uh, running a marathon or something, or you're, Mm -hmm. you know, walking on a beautiful beach, whatever it is. If you can envision, really have that visualization, the pain center and our visualization center Kind of share the same resources in the brain, so if you can visualize something positive, you can actually interrupt that brain that pain reaction. so it's really quite amazing now it does take some practice, and mm-hmm. it, you have to really be vigilant in doing it for it to really have an effect, but you know we're just at early stages of understanding this, and the fact that that is a possibility is extraordinary. So um, more and more we'll be able to expand on that and be able to provide more resolutions for people. So that's pretty cool news.
2: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Peggy, you mentioned a couple of times earlier that sometimes people are just predisposed to suffering and anxiety. And I know in your book you talk about how one can change his or her brain for the better for long-term relief. How is that, how's that even possible?
3: Right. Well, you know, it's, it's, first of all, there's this whole science of epigenetics, which, you know, says, okay, mm. we have these genes that predispose us to have cancer, or, but none of those genes have to be activated. So our lifestyle, our choices, our environment, uh, all sorts of um, elements can influence whether that actually manifests or not. Well, the same with anxiety. And unfortunately, because anxiety has this psychological component to it, a lot of people say, oh, you know, well, my mother was always anxious. So they model themselves after what they've experienced. And they just continue the drama, the story, which is not true. They have choices. And so one can choose not to feel that way. And again, just as I was explaining Mm. with uh, pain, you can change thoughts to actually change brain uh, function. And uh, that little three minutes uh, to distress that I gave you the website to the uh, stressbusteronline.com actually is one of the techniques. I have a longer version of that. That if it's every day for 20 minutes a day um, over an eight week period, it actually begins to change brain brain function. Experience expanding memory, sensory perceptions, and um, allowing people to be more physically helpful because it, again, brings you into that mind-body integration. So there's so many things that can be done now to really change the brain, expand the brain, and a lot of it boils down to what we choose to do because what they're Hmm. finding, again, in the neurosciences is, you know, we have these neurons you know, brain that connects everything, and it's kind of the big network of communication. Well, those all get wired together, um, and then they fire together. So it becomes like a broken record. So those stories of negativity or anxiety and so forth just get grooved, and you just get stuck in it. But you can break the story. You can break the record. You can change it. And you can do it very consciously. It, again, starts with mindfulness, awareness, when you feel yourself in reaction to something, again, just uh, breaking that reaction by stopping for 30 seconds and just taking a few deep breaths and just thinking about something pleasant for 30 seconds can make
1: a difference in how you feel. Wow. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. But you know,
2: that, you give, I can see how it takes practice. It'll take some practice.
1: Oh,
2: oh, absolutely.
3: It does. And, and And that's the thing. It takes twenty one to ninety days to form new habits. So yeah, uh-huh. you have to commit to it, yeah. and that's really why I started, you know, my practice was I found that, you know, I was so excited to share so many of these different techniques with people, and I'd do, you know, a two-hour workshop, and, and everybody would be happy and calm and peaceful, and off they'd go, you know, out into the street, and then of course they'd get cut off, and bam, you know, they'd be back to their old reactions, because it takes time to change the wiring and to really be able to assimilate these techniques in ways that they're available to you. So, you know, that's why I do hand-holding now, and I, you know, speak to people multiple times, you know, being able to really help reinforce. It's kind of like, you know, um, I'm sure you've thought about fitness, and, you know, you go and you get a gym membership or something, and you go once and say, okay, that's it, I'm fit. I mean,
1: it takes you got to do it. you got to practice it. And you it becomes cho- a life choice. Well right. I wish it was the other way around where you just got the membership <laughs> and boom, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> but that unfortunately, that. no. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately yeah,
3: it doesn't happen that way. But no, it doesn't. the thing is, is by investing a little bit of time, because you deserve it, this is time that you invest mm-hmm. in yourself, to know that you're going to have so much more energy, you're going to feel so much better, you're going to be yes. so much more inspired, you're going to be so much more creative. I mean, it, aren't you worth it?
2: Yes, that's true.
3: Right? Absolutely. I mean,
2: when, when put that way, it makes it more clear. Yeah, it's true. We just have to do it, Alicia. No excuses.
1: I'll talk to you later. We have to <laughs> devote the
2: next. We have to devote the next 21 <laughs> to 90 days to do that.
1: Well, and what's great oh, right.
3: about your partnership is that you can remind each other, you know?
1: Oh, he does all the time. Exactly. <laughs> no, he, he's a good encourager, good inspiration. So if one slack's off, Important. you can look at the other one. But he's a little bit mm-hmm. too calm. So, you know, back to the anxiety issue, yeah. But I guess one of <laughs> us has to be calm while the other one's anxious. So that's a good thing, too. Yeah, we balance. But, that's, that's the balance, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But, Peggy, you gave us just so much information with such clarity and very, very helpful for how, you know, what what's normal, what's not normal. Here's some tips of what you can do. But for our listeners, can you tell them um, what type of services you offer and how they can get in contact with you?
3: Oh, I would love to, absolutely. Um, I offer um, a number of different programs. I offer... Um, Personal development coaching. And I have um, kind of a business system called the Stress Buster system, which is at stressbusteronline.com. And for individuals who really want to supercharge their lives, who really are ready to move into the next phase, to let go of fears, to let go of negativity. Um, I have an integrated life plan where I work one-on-one and we customize a program because there's so many different aspects of life. We have work. We have finances. We have relationships and health. And all of these things need to be in balance. And one of them is always somewhat out of balance. So what I do is I help an individual really identify what area really needs to be in balance more than another. And sometimes it's multiple areas. And then we develop a plan and then implement it. So for that program, they need to commit to at least a month because, as I mentioned, it takes at least 21 days to create a new habit. And that way I'm with them. I help reinforce it. I'm really able to show them the way and be there to answer questions. So if a technique isn't working, we look at, okay, how can this work more effectively? Because that's what happens Mm -hmm. when people have tools. They go off and then they don't quite know how to use them, and so they throw them away. And this is a way of being able to use it. So they can go on to integratedlifeplan.com, or they can go on to my website, which is just com. And SEALFund is spelled S as in Sam, E-A-L, F as in Frank, O-N as in Nancy. So it's com and there's lots of information there. In fact, I have a, a cool six-minute video on Is Your Anxiety Normal?, Um, so that Mm. might be something that your listeners would be interested in watching, and that will be under the blog. So there's lots of information on the site, and um, I'm happy to help anyone who needs it because suffering is optional. You know, we really – pain pain is inevitable, but we really don't have to suffer, and there really are Mm. simple solutions, and a lot of the solutions that I help people with – you know they don't need any special equipment they don't they don't need to go anywhere they just need to take time to give themselves what they feel they deserve and to develop these techniques and skills to be able to really uh transform their lives in just profound ways so it's it's exciting
1: mm-hmm. absolutely I think it's just so awesome. I, I, I'm i in full agreement that you did the right choice or made the right choice to leave the advertising agency. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many people that if you say it, go to a therapist for anxiety, it's just not going to happen. But, you know, nah. people like you, I feel comfortable. You know, I don't see it as a big issue to come to you first and have you sort of walk me through and we can have this plan. And you know what? I can get... Help now, like you said, I'll come up with these um, strategies for you, and then walk you through implementing them. If this doesn't work, we'll examine why. I think people welcome that type of service more so than therapy. And then, if it's a case where they truly would be helped by having therapy as a follow up, they're sort of more embracing of that now because Absolutely. you know you, you see the improvement. Right.
3: Absolutely. And the other thing is that uh, very often I work with clients as a complementary program. So, in other words, you know, it complements if they're seeing a psychiatrist or a doctor. In fact, I have a lot of doctors who send their clients to me. Um Doctors oh, wow. who are dealing with things like fibromyalgia and a lot of physical ailments because, a lot of these kinds of ailments are caused some stress and anxiety. So, yes. um, you know, I'm working a lot more with the medical profession, which is really great because I feel like that is where we need to go. We need to yes. have more of, of a I, – I don't really like the word holistic, but I don't know how else to say it because it really is a, a multi-pronged approach. There's no one solution that fits all. And we need to be sensitive to that, and we need to develop it. And that's part of what I
1: feel, you know, my purpose is, and I love doing it. Awesome. Well, you know, again, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. We we, we yeah. thank you. I personally <laughs> thank you for all of Come back, please, share.
2: especially after the book is oh, out. Come back.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, I would love yeah. to. I would love to. And I really thank you for the opportunity to share all of this with your listeners. And you guys are doing a great job, so I'm really happy to be thank part you. of it. Thank you. And Thursday.
2: Thank
3: you. Thursday. Thursday, Thursday yes. the 11th.
2: Yes, yes, yes. yes. Where can they get a copy
3: of it? Where can uh, they actually, get a copy of just it? Go to my, if you just go to my website, at mm-hmm. um, and click on the home page, there's a link. And you, I'm actually giving away some free things that you might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So We're going to put a the link. Best way. I'm sorry?
2: We're going to also put a link. We're going to put a link to your page on our website as well. Yeah. So listeners can go to com and they can click the link to go directly to your page. I'll make sure I do that later tonight.
1: Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, Will. That's fantastic.
2: Fabulous. But again, we thank okay. you,
1: and we look forward to having you back on. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm, thank I'm you. Have a good evening. Well. All right. You too. Awesome. <laughs> Bye now. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Great wow. information.
1: Absolutely, Great wow. and I feel so much yeah. better right now. I, I really do.
2: Do you? But we will see how you're hmm. doing next next week about seven oh, about seven forty five. That's when you start texting me. You know what? I the book so is nervous. out then,
1: so I'm okay. <laughs> by then, I could have read chapter three, and you know, I went to the, the <laughs> Online I'm yeah. gonna
0: be all right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. But all listeners, right. we're right. just gonna take a quick commercial break. Please stay tuned because we have something
0: special
1: planned for you next week. And you're listening to Let's Face It.
2: If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children.
1: As a doctor, I've seen too many women with breast cancer who could have avoided extensive treatment or even death had they just gotten an annual mammogram. Every major medical organization experienced in breast cancer recommends annual mammograms for women 40 and older. Please, if you're 40 or older, get a mammogram every year. If you have a family history or other risk factors, talk to your doctor about what's right for you. To find an accredited center, visit mammographysaveslives.org. Hello, those of you out there in radio land. This is Alicia Brown, the Joy Guru, and I hope you're listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. If you follow the show, you know that we always have something crazy going on, and you've probably seen that other side of my personality. But in addition to being a radio host, I'm also a motivational speaker, author, and joy enthusiast. One of my greatest works was the book, Sometimes All You Have is Happy, A Guide to Obtaining Happiness While Awaiting Your Dreams. I'm asking you to join me on this journey to empowerment. The book is a magnifying glass to enable you to identify the roots of your unhappiness as well as the necessary steps to live in victory. As someone that suffered from childhood abuse and thoughts of suicide, there were lessons I learned along the way that enabled me a transition from being a victim to a victor this book includes thought provoking questions and exercises to enable you to take the beginning steps to reclaim the happiness, peace purpose and joy and power that you were designed to have we cannot conquer what we refuse to face joy is a choice but it should not be optional choose joy today for more information visit me at thejoyguru.net Or go to Amazon.com to find out more information on how to purchase your copy.
2: Welcome back to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Alicia Brown. It was a good show, Alicia, huh?
1: Oh yes, Lord. <laughs> I feel relaxed. Yeah.
2: Did I'm you did insane. you have a moment of anxiety right there? It sounded like you had a moment of anxiety, did you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just a little one, but I I I I started breathing real deep, so I'm okay. You did.
2: <laughs> Which well, you can't good,
1: tell by well, that stutter. <laughs> that's
2: good. That's good. I'm gonna be
1: all right Thursday. So. <laughs>
2: Good. I know that we have a wonderful show next weekend. You want it?
1: Lord have mercy. I, you know it sounds cliche. <laughs> I say it every week, but it's the truth. It's not a cliche. Each week <laughs> gets better and better. <laughs> next week's show is entitled "Addicted to Love," and our guest expert is just as intriguing as the topic. Ethley Ann Var is a journalist and screenwriter who's best known for her work on television shows like CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, uh, Silk Stockings. And that was one I remember from, it wasn't that long ago, but anyway. Um, and other mm. productions, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to tell my age, so you know, it, it, yeah. it was a lifetime thing, I'm not going there. But anyway, um, she's also written several different books. But the one that we're featuring next week is Love Addict, Sex, Romance, and Other Dangerous Drugs. And she's going to speak um, on the topic. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not saying who is to blame for this. Uh, i But I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, she speaks on the topic of sexual compulsions and toxic relationships, including her own. And she she huh. does this at conferences. She talks On talk shows all around the country So I'm really excited about that show Um, Definitely something we see in the media all the time But a lot of people don't think about the concept That you can really be addicted to just the idea of love itself Of being with Exactly And it comes with a whole host of other things But all I can say is that on Let's Face It We bring you nothing but the best So make sure you tune in every week, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And to ensure that you never miss a live show, you can follow us on our new Blog Talk Home at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Let's Face It Radio Show. And you can always listen to us on the go on Stitcher, TuneIn, and iTunes. And I'm sure there's about eight other applications by next week. Mr. Greyhorn <laughs> with the half for us as well. <laughs>
2: yes, well, and you know all of our past shows from the beginning um, are on Radio dot com under the uh, under our past shows tab, and we'll be approaching our second season and our one year anniversary the first Sunday in Woo! September. So we have a lot of wonderful things planned. So you definitely don't want to miss out. Catch up on the past I'm shows scared. so that um, you know what's <laughs> going on. All right. <laughs> I'm scared.
1: Some of the topics um, for season two I'm just scared But it's okay
2: Exactly.
1: Y'all like it Y'all like it
2: (laughs) You will But thanks everyone for tuning in Um, I'm your host Will Strayhorn
1: And I'm Alicia Brown We hope you've
0: enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It With Will Strayhorn and friends We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting, interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time,
1: same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.